Welcome back to Chop for Time. My name is Ben. I'm in the captain's chair today. I'm here with Devin, Sean, and Thomas. We're going to be talking about Devin's message on Sunday, Build on a Foundation. I want to encourage you to like and subscribe this video before we get started. Helps us out on the channel. And uh, Sean may even dance for us if you'll like and subscribe both on the upcoming episode of Chop for Time. So with that, I'm going to ask him to pray. Sean, will you pray for us? Sure. <laughs> Dear Lord, thank you for just bringing us here together. Lord, I just pray that as we um, dive into the message from Sunday, that you're in our presence, Lord, and you're just guiding the conversation. Amen. Amen. All right, so Devin, Sunday, great job, man. Great job. Really enjoyed your message, Build on a Foundation. Hebrews 6, 1 through 3. Let's take a few moments, give us a quick recap before we start unpacking uh, some of the concepts that you laid, laid before us. Well, you know, we've been in the uh, series of Hebrews and really enjoying that with you. And last, uh, the week before was Kelly and, you know, Dole hearing, love the parts where he's talking about the dangers, the dangers of falling away, the dangers of, you know, drifting away from Jesus. So one of the aspects that I felt that the writer of Hebrews was saying, hey, what you need in your life is you need a solid foundation. Mm. And, and that's what he's telling them. You know, he says, you, first of all, you need to see Jesus. You know, you need to have the right perspective that Jesus is greater than everything and anything. It's just as you've told us over and over again since we started this. And so in a trial, when we're going through struggles, it's often that I'll just look at my trial. And I'll be bummed out, I'll be stressed out, I'll be dismayed, depressed, whatever, you know, all those deadly D's are. And, you know, if I, but if I look back to Jesus, if I keep my eyes focused, that he's better than everything that was, you know, and, and the writer of Hebrews has talked about those things. He's greater than the prophets. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than Joshua. He's greater than angels. And he's greater than the Levitical priesthood, you know, so he, he breaks those things down for us. And I was like, we need to make sure that we have what he said, we need to leave those things, the elementary principles, and move on to perfection. And that's where God is leading us to. And But it, it's it's important that if we're building, that we have a solid foundation of our lives. You just can't build on some rinky-dink foundation. You know, like I was talking about with my own house, man, it'll blow away if it wasn't a good foundation there. And so the foundation is not all these six aspects that he talks about that are felt really, you know, when I, start, I wanted to break those down, you know, part of the, the, the doctrinal part of me was like, I'm going to break all these down right now, you know, and really wow the people. But I was like, you know what, what's he really saying? He's really saying that we just need to fall deeper in love. You know, if love is not the foundation of your life, God's love, all those things, you know, because, hey, the Pharisees had plenty of doctrine, great teaching. Um, they just had misplaced it because they had fallen short of the love of God and they had worshiped him with their mouths, but their heart was far from him. I felt that the writer of Hebrews just wants us to remember that that's what we really need. We need to fall deeper in love with Jesus. And then, you know, finally, how do we do that? You know, the application was simple. You know, we need to do it with the body of Christ because that's what's important, you know, that we're, it's not Lone Ranger stuff. And the second thing is we need the right attitude. The right attitude is humility. If you're not humble before God, you're not getting anything from God. He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So that's basically the sermon in a nutshell. Good job. Thanks. 
great nutshell that you just provided there for us. All right, so let's uh, let's do some takeaways uh, from his message on Sunday, Thomas. I'd like to uh, start with you. What uh, what did you take away? What stood out to you? Uh, I I really enjoyed the. I mean, so you you tied it in very much with your own testimony, which I think is always powerful. You know, yeah. I mean, just the uh, especially. You know, when we have people up front who don't preach every Sunday, it's kind of nice to to be able to be reminded of a, of a a human story, and that is connected with with the with the passage. You know, and um and, and how the transition from your life before in California to where it is now, and having that having that firm foundation and the difference of what that looked like, um, I, I think is really powerful just to see see the change. Um, because yeah. I think you know people can look at. Like you were saying, we can try to fathom all of the doctrine of the world. You know, we can end up idolizing that by loving that more than we actually love the, yes. the doctrine that it's about. Mm. Um, but people's stories are kind of, I mean, that's why we're told to, you know, rejoice in what Christ has done in our lives is because that inspires other people and and shows other people God is still moving. He's still doing things. And, uh, you know, if what, you know, if he can do this for you or things for me there's no reason he can't do things for other people and mm-hmm. um, whether that's going through hard times and bringing them through it or or other other things like that so good sean yeah i think just that idea that um we sometimes tend to get caught up putting our foundations into something else you know i am an athlete and then suffer a, an injury and then all of a sudden that foundation's not there anymore mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm not an athlete. I'm a gamer. Something happens there and, you know, that foundation isn't as stable as what we thought. So we can put as much weight onto these unsteady foundations and still they'll crumble. But, you know, you brought it back and said, no, this is the foundation we need. And that's Jesus. He is the rock. Mm-hmm. You know, that's such a powerful statement because we. I, I've seen it in my own life where I've tried to put my foundation in this friend group or in this sport or in this and the other, they all just lead to emptiness. But the rock is where I build because that is what's true and what is strong. Mm -hmm. I think mine was, as you were talking about Romans 828, and then you tied it in with 839. You you were talking about what could separate us from the love of God. And then you made the statement that if all we have is Jesus on the cross and him hanging there and him, his arms spread out for us, then we have all that we need. That's enough. You know, that's enough. And, and I love that statement and just the simplicity of it because, again, you're going back to something that Thomas said, there sometimes we can fall so in love with our doctrine that we lose sight of what the true first love and the simplicity mm-hmm of what he did for us, um, that we lose sight of that. So I appreciated that statement that really, you know, kind of impacted in the way that you just didn't get lost in the doctrinal things that the writer of Hebrews was talking about and just went with that simplistic grow in your love for Christ. One of the areas that you kind of led us in application was this fellowship this this right fellowship i'd like for us to talk about that a little bit because we were talking about building on a foundation 
And as we were discussing this over coffee this morning, you know, the most important time of our day is when we're together drinking coffee. You know, Thomas was making the statements that I think that sometimes, you know, with fellowship, we just, we have, or with foundation, we have certain things just drilled into our minds so frequently that maybe we become tone deaf to them. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's some validity to that of, you know, okay, foundations, reading my Bible praying, spending time with him, you know, which are all foundational pieces. Right. But we get tone deaf to them sometimes. Mm. I would like for us to look at this foundational piece of fellowship mm. this morning and how all of that ties in together and the importance of true fellowship and not the coffee donuts kind of fellowship. I thought that was true fellowship. That's Listen, in the Greek, I'm not for sure they had donuts. <laughs> um, coffee, definitely. I mean, that's just... Anyhow, um, but let's let's I kind of have a little bit of a heavier emphasis today on apart from Sunday morning, because we know that Sunday morning is important. Sure. Uh, we're not going to take away from the validity or the importance of our gathering together as a church family at the first of the week. But let's look at this a little bit through the lens of what we do throughout the week. And I'm going to ask Sean, Sean, would you go to Philippians 4? And read verses 8 and 9 for us, please. Sure. All right, Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul's writing here to the church at Philippi, and he's telling them, kind of giving them instruction, excuse me, as to what to meditate on, what to focus your mind on. And then he makes this statement of what you've learned from me. Like there's a a giving and receiving type thing going on there that's fellowship. Yes. So Devin, what are your thoughts on this passage of scripture when it comes to the concept of fellowship regularly in our lives? I think that's such a great point because often we go to church and that's it for fellowship. You know, that we, we've we done our duty, we've listened to the pastor, said hi to a few people, and then we just walk out. And, you know, that's not, that's like you said, that's wonderful. But there comes a place where you need more than that. God has designed us to be in fellowship with one another. And that means to come alongside or, hey, you have to learn about me. You have to learn about what I'm going through. There needs to be what we talked about earlier, vulnerability. Mm. And I love that whatever things are true and noble and just and pure and lovely, those are the things that we should encourage one another in. That's what Paul said, the things you've learned from me, because Paul was vulnerable. He said, night and day, I was with you with tears, you know, uh, preaching and sharing with them. He was joined together with them. And there's another passage in the book of Acts that talks about they were in one accord. Mm. It wasn't a car. There was. See, I was wondering. I didn't. I didn't think we was going to make it through. At least he didn't say Honda. I didn't think we were going to make it through that. With that so. But you know, they were in one accord and daily fellowship, and they were, they were with each other mm-hmm. outside of the gathering of the church. There was stuff that was going on to cause growth in our body. That foundational point. Yeah. Yeah. Sean. Yeah. Um, I think when I when I see these two verses, my mind kind of thinks of it as a prompt or a guide of discussion 
Um, you know, when we have a group like our coffee group in the morning, you know, and it all comes back to being vulnerable. You know, I open up about a situation or something I'm struggling with and just go step by step. Okay. What is true? You know, is this just a deceitful thing that the devil's trying to play into you? What, what is uh noble? Okay. What's the right thing to do down this road? Let's flesh that out. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think you can just work down that list with, a group or your accountability partner, somebody that is, you know, another believer. And I think that just kind of helps strengthen that connection between the two, three, four, the group, and it can help you through this trial. You know, it gives you kind of that support that you need. Yes. Thomas. Yeah. I, um, it, uh, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) I didn't know what that was. Um, this kind of was making me think of Acts 2, which I know it's it's kind of like the stereotypical passage to go to when we're talking about fellowship as believers, but I think that's for a reason, you know, like this, um, at the end of Acts, Acts chapter 2, um, uh, let's see here, verse 42, um, you know, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. We're like, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> um, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. That'd be nice. Uh, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. This idea of like every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's kind of, you know, the same with working out or or health or anything like that. It, it's It's a daily thing. And I think as believers, we need to be together. Um, it goes on to say that they uh, they broke bread in their homes and ate together, and I think that's the thing that I was just thinking about as you guys were talking is like, I, th- I think we've gotten far too comfortable since COVID to stop inviting people to our homes, and mm. um, because we weren't supposed to um, during COVID um, for for health and safety and all that kind of stuff, um, but I think we've we got so used to not having people in our homes that we've stopped. Um, even though now we're at a time when we're allowed to do that. And I think we need to maybe get back into that routine of like, if you've got a house that can hold a few people, you need to be, you need to be having them around your house and having fellowship together, break bread together. Like communion's not just a Sunday morning thing either. Like they're breaking bread in their homes every day. Um, and obviously they ate more bread and that's maybe just talking about meals, but I think it's important that we, have fellowship that is Christ orientated every day. Um, and, you know, we can say that easily because we work at church mm-hmm. and we do this every day because we do get together for coffee every day and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, we don't have to either, you know, like our coffee morning or coffee time in the morning is, I mean, we kind of joke about it because, you know, we sit and have coffee, but it does give us that opportunity to sit and discuss what's going on that week or what's what what are we learning or what are we preaching about this coming Sunday and, and to sort of bounce that off each other. Um, and it's one of the best times of the day because um, yeah. we can just see, encourage each other and, you know, stuff like that, which I think is really helpful. Yeah. Amen. Agree. Amen. Good stuff. Um, a couple of things that have been mentioned here um, that, that I've got another passage of scripture that I want us to go to. Um, but, you know, this, this sense of isolation, uh, you know, kind of Thomas was talking about a little bit. Um, I don't know if there's been a, a, a greater sense of isolation in in the world but also amongst the church that i've i've ever sensed or felt before Uh, and i think it's important for us to see this fellowship as something that challenges that concept of isolation of hey i'm fine checking the 
obligatory box off my checklist of going to church and mm-hmm. fellowshipping on Sundays. Um, but that's more of a lifestyle that we lead. And then also a, a term that you used uh, was, you know, being vulnerable. Um, because, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier that there's a big difference between being transparent and being vulnerable. We can be transparent. I can be transparent with with you guys. No problem. And I can do it completely without any vulnerability whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But to truly lay myself bare out there of what's going on inside of me, what's happening and being vulnerable, I'm, I'm putting some trust in you. Right. You know, and, and sometimes, oftentimes maybe, that trust is going to be broken and it's going to hurt. Yes. But that's what we're called to do. Um, so I'm going to read Ephesians 2, uh, starting with 19. And we'll discuss that a little bit because I think it gives us a little bit of an insight into the foundational importance of our fellowship here. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. We're being carefully joined together here. And it's not just, you know, Paul's making a, a, a big, you know, the apostle to the Gentiles yes. is making a point to be inclusive, not only to the Jewish people here who have been God's chosen throughout history up until this point, And now he's saying it's to the Gentiles also, which a Gentile is anyone who's not a Jew. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a pretty broad spectrum there. Yes. But he's saying that God is taking all of these people and he's fitly some some you know translations say he's we're fitly joined together mm-hmm. that he's taking like a master stonemason is taking these these people and putting them together in a and and we're laid on this foundation of the apostles and the prophets of the gospel of the teaching of Jesus up until this point with Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone and he's building us from there together and I think that that should give us such a picture, not only of the importance of being in common unity in what we believe on Sundays, but also the way that we live our lives throughout each day uh, and in fellowship. Sean, do you have any thoughts regarding that? Yeah, I think, um, hang on, sorry. <clears throat> I think verse 20 says it all is that together, you know, it's, it's force, not forcing us. It's pushing us to work together. It's put, you know, um, you're members of God's family together. We are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets and in Christ Jesus himself, the cornerstone, you know, it, I don't think there's a better example of fellowship. You know, it's coming together from different backgrounds. You know, I'm from Indiana. You're from California. I'm not sure if where you live, you're from right, right here. here, you're from Ireland, but we're all coming together and we're, mm. we're, you know, talking about Jesus. We are building a foundation. We are helping build each other's foundations Amen. and it's just such a powerful topic. Yeah. yeah. Thomas. Um, 
my train of thought is gone because it was quite good. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think there's there's an there's an element of like I mean you, you said this as well of like a loneliness that can come or like a, an isolation. I think was the word that you used, and it actually got me thinking. Like I think people can isolate themselves and be going to church. Like mm-hmm. like you know, Sean and I sit at the back of the church running the cameras and we can see everybody <laughs> you know and there are some individuals that they come to church on their own which isn't a problem and they'll sit on their own which is not ideal because we're supposed to be together and they'll maybe sit on their phone the whole time and it's like you know and, and this is like some for some believers this is as far as they're getting as far as fellowship is to maybe come once every few weeks but even when they're there they're lonely yeah even when they're at church they isolate themselves you know you can be surrounded by people and be alone um and i think that takes intentionality i think you know even when you're in large groups of people you have to be intentional not to isolate yourself um and for the rest of us who are there we need to be intentional to look for those who are isolated whether they've isolated themselves or or just feel awkward or whatever it might be and go sit with them and spend time with them and, and, and stuff like that. And I think I think it just I think intentionality is so important. Even I mean at the minimum, like we're talking about at the minimum just Sunday mornings. Yeah. Bare minimum. And you know the average Christian attends church was it once a month, once every three or four weeks, something like that. It's in between one and two Sundays a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think that's so sad because like Again, we're 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 talking about every day, and um, a lot of us struggle with every week, yeah. you know. So it really takes intentionality. I think is a really important thing on on the part of the believers who are trying to help those who are isolated, and on those who are isolating themselves. Amen. Yeah, Devin. Um, I I like the word together. You know, I just love that. I, I'm going to key in on Sean's point. You know, there's a foundation. It says we build and built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. But there's a reason and a purpose. Number one, that's a pillar and something we can stand on. But we're not always together when we're together. There's a, I love the passage in Psalms, I believe is 133. How good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell mm-hmm. together in unity. And, and it's so funny. In the Greek, it means together, together. You know, it's so mm-hmm. it's the same word, together in unity, because we're not always together when we're together. There does, I love what, um, Thomas said, there's an intentionality. You have to become, you have to get past that point of, I'm just coming to church. I'm just coming here. I need to touch, rub shoulders. Mm-hmm. I need to get to know that person's struggles. I need to allow that person to know my struggles, you know? And, you know, I, I think there's, as a, you build trust, it's a building process that God has designed for his body so that we can strengthen and edify and build each other up. Yeah. That's good. I'm going to uh, kind of transition us a little bit. I'm oh, sorry. I'm going to answer that as well, but I'm also going to kind of transition into instead of doing like a takeaway that we typically do from this discussion, I'm going to ask you guys here in just a moment what one area of challenge in your heart do you feel from this mm-hmm. conversation in your personal life? How are you challenged? Nice. Um, I, I was asked some week weeks ago this question of. Knowing what we know now, if you could go back to the beginning of the pandemic, what would be one thing that you would do differently? 
And after spending some time in thought and prayer on that, I responded to the individual. I, I think I would would be more personable mm. with with my brothers and sisters. And kind of what I mean by that is, like on Sunday mornings, even now, you know, I I feel at times like I'm in just such a whirlwind. You know, before service, after service, it's all a big blur most of the time. Um, but I found myself here recently pumping the brakes a little bit more often on Sunday mornings, especially. And truly, instead of just saying, hey, how are you? And then kind of as they're answering, I'm still walking, like being personally and personably invested in that moment, even if it's just for 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. it's just there. And, And truly investing myself in that moment of fellowship anyhow. Same thing throughout the week, and that's that's something that I've been challenged with from a fellowship perspective uh, is to be more present and to be more personable. So, um, Thomas, let's start with you this time. What what challenge does this pose to you? Uh, I, I, I think there's an element of togetherness that I also need to remember that I need as much as it is my employed status to lead mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense like you know it's just because we are, work at a church doesn't mean that we don't need this ourselves yeah. uh, and I, I think there's a couple of things I think one that's sort of floating around in my head is just the idea of like I need to be doing this with people that I typically wouldn't choose to hang out with right you know I don't need to be the Peter hanging out with the with the Jews and shunning the Gentiles. Um, but at the same time, like, I think, you know, I, I need to be spending time with people and being poured into um, so that I can continue to do the ministry that I'm employed to do. Um, and I think I don't make enough time to have authentic fellowship that I'm not in charge of, because I think whenever we get so used to being in ministry, we just get used to well, I got I got to lead something because that's my job, yeah. and it's like no, maybe not. You know, not all mm-hmm. the time. You need to be poured into it at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Devin, um, a challenge for me is is right along. I am so goal driven, and especially if I'm doing something on Sunday morning or you know during the week, I just it's you know I'm like here I got to go here. Oh, I got to go here, and I'll walk through the crowd. And I will just, you, I got to go over there, you know, hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm headed to something else, you know. And so I, I love, there was a, a challenge to me that's been ringing in my ears for many years. It says to walk slowly through the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that is, and, and also just to reach out, the other challenge is to reach out to those people that are isolated. Sometimes you can miss them. Yeah. Those people on the fringes, you know, they're this so important. So there's two things for me, just, you know, make myself available and second thing and look for people on the fringes so that I can reach out to them and just greet them because sometimes just a greeting and just saying hi and just saying welcome and getting to know their name because when you see them next time you know their name sometimes that makes a huge difference in somebody's life agreed agreed Sean yeah I think mine would just be putting my pride aside and when somebody asks hey how are you being able to, you know, drop that vulnerability and be like, hey, you know, the, I'm not good. I'm actually struggling. You know, this is, you know, I think a big part of me is I want to 
look like I have it all together or I don't want to burden somebody with what's going on. But um, during this whole thing, there's just been an image in my head that I've used for camp teams multiple times. Um, and it's this idea of what how powerful a community of people are. So imagine you have a box, right? And um, the box is a problem. It could be sin. It could be, you know, my walk with Jesus. It could be any dot, dot, dot. When we op- when we first see it, and it's only us, we only have one view of it, right? We only have, we only can see one way out. We can only see what we can see. But if I was to open up to Devin, that's a new line of sight. Mm-hmm. If I was to open up to Ben about it, that's a new line of sight. Why is I open up to Thomas? That's a new line of sight. And the more people we can be vulnerable to and open up about the problem, the more the problem shows itself, the more paths we open up. Because Devin's going to say, hey, have you thought of this? Ben's going to say, hey, have you thought of this? Have you thought of this? And, you know, it just kind of builds a community because it's four people working towards one problem and chipping away, you know, certain ideas. Um, And that to me is what fellowship is. You know, it's, Mm -hmm getting down to the root of the problem and it's showing different aspects, different, different um, viewpoints of how to beat this thing. Good stuff. Yeah. Great discussion today, guys. Listen, if you're watching, I would love to hear how this has challenged your heart as well. Love to have you drop those in the comment below. Uh, If it's something that you would hesitate in putting in a public comment form, I get it. Uh, Please reach out to us, fccgrayson.com. You can contact us here at the church office. We would love to pray with you, to partner with you, to fellowship with you. Uh, And again, just we'd love to have you reach out. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for this discussion today. It's really uh, challenged me. I think it's been good, and I hope it's challenged you as well to step deeper into the fellowship uh, that that God has called us to. Uh, So we hope you join us again next week. We'll be right back here. uh, Same time, same place, same bat channel, right? Amen. All right. So (coughs) Devin, as you drop along over there, uh, (laughs) would you mind praying for us? Amen. Be honored. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power a fellowship that you have called us to walk in. Lord, you've called us to be part of a body, part of each other, Lord, that we are not lone rangers, that we need each other. And just ask that you would help us in the areas of our challenges, and that you would help our uh, watchers and listeners in the areas of their challenges just to surrender and to take up our cross and follow you and to grow in the grace and the knowledge and love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.